as we address the theme of our meeting this week, and that's what my plan is in our morning services, is to address the theme of the meeting, and that is to be an example, as we're wearing our, our blue t-shirts that says be an example. And so we want to try to understand just exactly what it means to be an example and impress upon all of us the importance of having good examples and, and identifying good examples in our life so that we can have visual understanding of what it means to walk in the light and to be like Jesus Christ. Our text comes from 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 12 where the apostle says here, Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Now over the next few days we're going to deal with each one of those specifically. Uh, love, uh, word, conduct, love, spirit, faith, and purity. But today we want to talk about the importance of an example. And what an example really is. And who Paul has in mind when he's talking about being an example. Whenever Paul uses the word example, the definition is a model. It's a pattern. It's something that is to present a duplicate. But what I want us to notice about the definition is that it is anything produced by repeated blows, hence a mark or an impression made by a harder substance on one of softer material. And so when Paul talks about an example, he's not talking about something that, okay, here's this, be just like this. Do just like this. But the word example that he uses has reference to making an impression. The type of example that he's talking about is like a stamp or whenever you go to get something notarized or something has an official seal. That, that seal puts pressure on the paper and it creates an imprint. It creates an impression of an image. That's the word that Paul uses here. That's the word that's inspired by the Holy Spirit and I think that that's a word that we need to think about. That we're not just simply to be prototypes of here, be like this, or here, do like this, but rather our lives are, as examples should be lives that make an impression. That make an impression. Just like whenever that hard material comes in contact with that soft material, through that contact, through that interaction, an impression is made. And I want us to gain that image of what an example is that Paul is talking about. He's not talking about something that's just prototypical that we go be like, but rather he's talking about that whenever this seal and this softer material come together, there's an impression that is made. And so the imagery or the idea is that through our interaction with each other, we live in such a way that we impress upon each other through our fellowship, through our interaction, to be a certain way. I'm to be an example. You're to be an example. We're all to be an example. But in being an example, we don't go around and just tell people, hey, be like me. <laughs> be like me. No, the way our example is to work is that whenever we interact with other people, we impress upon them a certain way to live, a certain way to act, a certain way to think. Have you ever been around a person and their example was so impressive to you that whenever you walked away, you walked away with their influence in your life? I want to be like that person. 
Have you ever gone into someone's home and you've been in their home and you were so impressed by, by, by the condition and the conduct and, and the godliness of their home that whenever you left that home, you walked away saying, I want my home to be like that. Now those people didn't say, okay, you go and make your home like our home. <laughs> but you just walk away being impressed by the example. And again, so that's what we want to highlight is living lives that make an impression on people. Living lives that produce an effect. Living lives where we are influential. That we're not just sticking ourselves out there as a prototype, hey, be like this. But whenever we're around people, we impress them and we influence them to want to be like that. That's the type of examples that we need. Whenever you look at Jesus in John chapter 13, whenever He washed the disciples' feet, whenever He was there on that occasion with all of His disciples, and Jesus is sitting at the table, and He gets up, and He puts on Him the servant's garment, and He takes a laver of water, and then He walks around and He begins to wash the disciples' feet. And the disciples were amazed. The disciples felt unworthy as Peter, Lord, you're not going to wash my feet. But he gave to them an example and he says, you call me teacher and Lord and you say, well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. The word example that Jesus uses there means I've given you something to see. Now Jesus could have sat at the head of that table and He could have said, this is my commandment to you, wash one another's feet. I don't know about you, but that would be hard for me to do. And they begin to look around at each other. Wash their feet? They're no better than I am. And so rather than just giving a commandment, Jesus gave an example to make an impression. To influence them to wash one another's feet. If the Son of God is sitting at my feet washing my feet, then the instruction to wash one another's feet takes on a whole new meaning to me. It's not just a commandment, but now that I see the visual and it's impressed upon me by the influence of Jesus in what He's doing for us, I want to go and do the same. That's the type of example that we're talking about. An example that makes an impression. An example that is an influence. An example that touches the hearts of people and makes an impact or produces an effect. <clears throat> Whenever we look at the example that Paul is talking about... <clears throat> And again, depending on your translation, I know in the King James Version it says, be thou an example of the believers. And a lot of times we may read it in that translation and think, well, I'm just supposed to be what a believer is supposed to look like. But really, whenever you look at, at the grammar that's used there, and you can look at other translations also, rather than being an example of the believers, I think that Paul is directing him to be an example to a targeted group of people. And as it is in the New King James Version, he says, be an example to the believers. 
The target audience of our example is to be other believers. A lot of times when we talk about being an example, we always put emphasis on being an example to the world. But whenever you look at the scriptures that teach about example, in, never, in nearly every instance, it's not talking about being an example to the world, it's talking about being an example to each other, to believers. And so whenever I'm thinking about my example, and when you think about your example as a believer, we need to know who our target audience is. And Peter, or rather Paul, is saying here, your audience should be other believers. And we'll look at some verses here to uh, illustrate that. And so believers need examples to look to, to imitate. And Paul gives Timothy the command to be that examples for others to look to and imitate. You know, the Bible talks a lot about following, and we're going to look at the definition of the word follow, and, and basically it means to mimic or to imitate. And so we need to be the type of people that produce impressionable examples for other people to imitate. And we need to assume that responsibility to be someone that can be imitated. How many of you this morning feel comfortable of people examining your life and doing what you do? <laughs> you know, we sit here and we're aware of all of our faults and all of our failings and everything, and we might think, well, you know, I wouldn't want somebody to follow me around all day and do as I do. But yet that's exactly what the Scriptures say. It's telling us to accept the responsibility to be someone that another believer can look at and be impressed by and be influenced by to be that way. And the church needs those types of people. And we shouldn't shy away from inviting other people to look at our lives because Paul says, you do that. You be an example. You be the type of person that whenever you're around other people that you intentionally and you purposefully want to impress them and influence them to be as they ought to be. And so when Paul gives this command to Timothy, he's laying on him a great responsibility, but it's a very necessary responsibility. And I want to challenge all of you this morning, and I know that he says he's talking about youth, and we'll talk about that in just a moment, but accept the responsibility to be an example to those that are around you. To live lives that are impressionable to live lives that are influential, to live lives that whenever people are around you, they walk away from you and the power of your example is so great that they say, I want to be like him. I want to be like her. And you may look at yourself and think, well, nobody's going to want to be like me. If you live in the light and you walk in the light and you obey the Lord, the power of your influence will take care of itself. You don't have to be some dynamic person. You don't have to be some charismatic person. You just need to be somebody that loves the Lord and wants to do what the Lord says. And that will impress people. That will impress people. Philippians chapter 3, verse 17, Paul says, Brethren, join in following my example and note those who so walk as you have for us a pattern. Hear the word pattern. Again, it's talking about that example that Paul talked to Timothy about. The word follow means to imitate. And Paul here is inviting the brethren, imitate me. Oh, well, Paul's an apostle. Yeah, 
Paul was an apostle, but Paul wasn't infallible. Paul was a man that was just trying to serve the Lord like you and I try to serve the Lord every day. Paul was in a position of authority. Paul was a man of notoriety. And in his circle of influence, he invited people to imitate him. Now my circle of influence and your circle of influence is not going to be the circle of influence that Paul had, but the circle of influence that we're in, we need to invite people to follow us, to imitate us. He goes on to say, and note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. Paul is telling the Philippians, okay, you see our example and you see the way we walk in demonstrating the light and now I want you to go out and I want you to note other people that are doing the same thing and I want you to follow their example. You know, a lot of times we say, well, we should never follow men and we should never follow men in the, in the sense that we accept men as authority and we follow after them blindly. But we should follow men when we find men that are walking spiritually, that are walking truthfully, that are walking in the light and follow after their example. Who are the examples in your life? Who are the examples in my life? Who have I noted that, yeah, that's a guy right there I need to watch. That's a guy right there that I need to be like. As a father, I need to know that, I need to find me a father out there that embodies what being a father, I know what the Bible says about being a father, but I want to see it. I want to understand it by, 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 by looking and seeing the Word of God in action and then allowing that to make an impression upon me to go do the same thing. You see, it's in our example where we take things from theory to reality. And people want to see application. People want to see things that are practical. People want to see things that are real. And that's where the power of our example comes in. Yeah, that's what the Bible says. Just like whenever Jesus said, wash the disciples' feet. When they heard it, it meant one thing, but when they saw it, it meant something completely different to them. And so we need to find people. Young ladies, you need to find other women that exemplify what it means to be a godly woman. And walk after their example. <clears throat> because again, a lot of the Christian life when you really get down to it, it's just imitating. <laughs> Our ultimate example is Jesus Christ. We're to imitate Jesus Christ. But in a more local level, we're to imitate examples that demonstrate to us what the Word says. 1 Thessalonians 1, verses 6 to 8. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the Word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit so that you became examples to all in Macedonia and Achaia who believe. For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and in Achaia, but also in every place your faith to Godward is spread abroad so that we need not speak anything. The Thessalonians were a very influential people. And we notice here that they became followers of the Apostle Paul. 
But notice after they became followers of the Apostle Paul and they received the word in much affliction and with joy of the Holy Spirit that they themselves became examples to all who were in Macedonia and in Achaia. And they were so influential, they were so impressionable that Paul says that they sounded out the word so that there really wasn't anything for us to say about it. Because your example, your impression, your influence was so great. But notice here that he said, you became examples. So just by doing what they were doing, in following the example of Paul, they became an example. And so that's our responsibility that in following after Paul, in following after the teachings, then we in turn become examples for other people to be influential and to be impressionable in their life. 2 Thessalonians 3 verses 7 and 9, For you yourselves know how you ought to follow us. Again, Paul is saying, imitate us. You know you ought to imitate us. Nor did we eat anyone's bread free of charge, but worked with labor and toil night and day, that you might not be a burden to we might not be a burden to any of you, not because we do not have authority, but to make ourselves an example of how you should follow us. Paul recognized the power of example. He recognized the need of example. And there were those in Thessalonica that were beginning to think, hey, the Lord's coming soon, we don't have to work. So we're just going to, you know, take from other people. And so whenever Paul was among them and laboring among them, he says to them that they did not, they were, they did their work free of charge. They weren't chargeable to any of the Thessalonians to take anything that they wanted to give them. And it's not because they didn't have a right to it. Paul, as an apostle, as he ministered spiritual things, had a right to the carnal things of those that he ministered to. But Paul knew, hey, what's important here is not whether I have something to eat, but what's important here is that these Thessalonians have an example. And so he gave up his own personal right in order that he might make himself and those with him an example for them to imitate. Again, that underscores the power of example that Paul himself was willing to sacrifice something that he had a right to for the example that was so necessary among the people. Now, I cringe whenever I hear people say, well, I don't care what people think of of me. You've got to care what people think of you. Because see, Paul knew that if I exercise this right, there's going to be some people that are going to think the wrong thing. And that would be the wrong example for them. And so because he understood their thinking and their ignorance, he said what they need is an example. And I'm going to give them an example. And it's incumbent upon all of us to have that type of spirit that we're willing to sacrifice personal liberties even in order to give examples that are impressionable and influential in the lives of people. In Titus chapter 2, verses 6 to 8, 
Titus says, Likewise, exhort the young men to be sober-minded in all things, showing yourself to be a pattern of good works in doctrine, showing integrity, reverence, incorruptibility, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that one who is an opponent may be ashamed, having nothing evil to say of you. So as Paul is giving Titus these... uh, instructions as to what they are to teach to younger men, younger women, aged men, aged women. He says to the younger men, teach them to be sober-minded and in all things showing yourself to be a pattern of good works. The word showing there means to present or to exhibit or to furnish. In other words, young men, you furnish an example to people. You provide an example to people in doctrine, integrity, reverence, incorruptibility, sound speech. Provide that example. Say, here is an example. Look to me. Follow me. Imitate me. Because there are people that need those examples. They need to see the Word of God in action in the lives of other people. And whenever they see that word in action, then it becomes impressionable. It becomes influential. I can stand up here or anybody can stand up here and say, do this, do this, do this, do this. But what gives credibility to the things that I tell you to do? The example that I set along with them. And that's another thing that example does is that it gives credibility to our teaching as we'll look at a little later on. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 2 to 3, teaching, talking to shepherds. Shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, nor as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. To be a lord means to lord over, to control, to subjugate, to exercise authority over the will of people. And Peter's saying that's not the way an elder is supposed to work. Are there times whenever an elder has to exercise authority? Yes. But not in a way that lords over. But primarily as an elder, my responsibility and the responsibility of other elders is to be an example. Be somebody that people can look to. That the people in your congregation are influenced and impressed by your example. And so whenever we look at all of these verses, we see the power of example. And we see how that in these verses, Paul and Peter, the focus of the power of example is directed towards believers. We're to be the light to the world. We're to be examples to each other. We're to shine the light of the gospel to the world. But how to live the Christian life, we're to show to each other. To be impressionable and to be influential in that. Now whenever Paul says to be an example of the believers, he the phrase begins with the word but, which is kind of a transition from, okay, don't do this, but do this. And I want to go back a second and look at what Paul is saying, don't do, in lieu of, or, or, or not to have happen while you're being an example. And he says, let no one despise your youth. The word despise means to think lightly of. To think lightly of. Timothy was a young man. And as being a young man, he had a challenge. And that challenge was to be taken seriously 
by older people. You know, because as older people, we tend to look at younger people and, you know, hey, show me something. <laughs> show me something. Prove to me. And so Timothy, whenever people would look at him and they saw his youth, they would instantly discount him. And they would despise him. Paul told the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 16, 10 to 11, Now if Timothy comes, see that he may be with you without fear, for he does the work of the Lord as also I do. Therefore let no one despise him. So evidently there was something about Timothy that whenever people initially met him, they didn't take him seriously. And it was probably because of his youth. And so the way Paul says for Timothy to get people to take him seriously is to be an example. To be impressionable. To be influential. Not by how you perform in the pulpit, but how you perform in your interactions and your relationships among those that you're working with. That whenever you're among them, Timothy, you be the type of person that whenever they look at you, they think, hey, this guy's the real deal. <laughs> he may be young, but we need to listen to him. And we're stuck. And so what we look at is Timothy here having a credibility Issue. And so Timothy was in danger of people not taking him seriously. And so Paul says, you be an example. You put together a body of work so that whenever people look at you, you're going to be impressionable and you're going to have influence. We've all seen those young preachers, and I was one of those young preachers too. You know, you're walking around carrying your first child on your hip, and then you get up in the pulpit and you're telling all of the older people how they need to raise their kids. We don't like that a whole lot, do we? You know, you know, who is this guy? Who is this guy telling me this? And we, and we don't take that. Okay, great, thank you. It's still stuck. We're going to see all my notes here. All right, we'll stop there. Hopefully it'll come back up. And so in order to have influence, we have to have a body of work to go along with it. And that's what Paul is telling Timothy to do. <clears throat> whenever we look at 1 Timothy 4 and verse number 12 where he says, let no one despise your youth. The word that is used there for youth means a youthful age. Now you and I, whenever we think of youth, we think of these kids, don't we? And a lot of times when we read this verse, we think, well, we want our kids to go to school and be good examples. We want them to be, we don't want people to despise them. We want people, we want them to be good examples. But whenever Paul is talking to Timothy, he's not talking about teenagers being a good influence at the junior high that they go to. <laughs> whenever Paul was talking to Timothy and he described the youthfulness of Timothy, I want us to understand a little bit about where Timothy was in life because I think that it's important and significant. Timothy was an evangelist at Ephesus. In chapter 1 and verse 3 of 1 Timothy, Paul said that he left him at Ephesus, that he would charge them that they would teach no other doctrine. Now, Paul didn't leave a 12-year-old at Ephesus to teach the elders not to teach any other doctrine. Whenever Paul and Timothy joined up in Acts chapter 16, it was about 14 years later whenever this verse was written. 
And people kind of surmise that whenever Paul, whenever Timothy went with Paul, he was probably around 16 or 18 years old. Again, that's just speculation. And then 14 years later, that's going to put Timothy at about 30 years old. And so whenever Paul says, let no one despise your youth, he's not talking to preschoolers and preteens. He's talking to 30 to 40 year olds, younger couples. People that are in that generation. Whenever we look at the use of the word young in the scripture, <laughs> Irenaeus, who was a first or a second century Christian writer, said that 30 is the first stage of a young man's age and extends to 40 as all will admit. So in other words, in the culture that Paul was talking about and in the culture of that day, a young person was considered between 30 and 40. And I looked for evidence that 50-year-olds were young, but I couldn't find that, so I'm sorry. <laughs> 30 to 40. Whenever you look at the word young, in Matthew chapter 19 and verse 20, the young man that came to Jesus, he said, all these things have I kept from my youth up. The word young that's used there literally denotes, by definition, a young man until age 40. And we make this point to help us to understand that whenever we're talking about being an example, we're not talking about just these young kids being examples where they go to, but we're talking about another generation above those young kids in the church that provide examples and provide influence and provide impression for believers. So if you're sitting in the audience today and you're 30 to 40 years old, Paul is talking to you. He's not talking to these little kids. What we learn from this is that these little kids need you. They need your example. These young ladies need the example of 30 to 40 year old ladies about what it means to be a godly woman. These young men need examples from 30 to 40 year old about what it means to be a godly man. You're the target audience that Paul is speaking to. You're the target audience. <laughs> and the idea is that you should live in such a way that the younger have an influence to mimic and these older people look at you and take note of you and they respect your example in leadership. It's about that generation of people having credibility and giving an example. And that's the challenge and that's the charge that we want to give to you this morning is that whenever you think of being an example, those of you that are young parents, those of you that are in this generation that we're talking about, Paul is putting the onus upon you. You're that middle generation in a congregation where you have people under you that need to be looking up to you for your example, and then you have people older, you, older than you that need to be looking down at your example and understanding your credibility and your influence and can take you seriously in carrying out your responsibilities to the Lord. In Titus chapter 2 and verse 15, Paul told Titus to let no man despise thy youth, or let, to let no man despise you. In the preceding verse, he said, these things teach and exhort and rebuke 
with all authority. Let no man despise you. You see, Paul gave a charge to Titus to teach. Paul gave a charge to Timothy also. Whenever we go back to uh, the 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 11, he said, These things teach and command. Let no man despise you. And so he's telling Titus and he's telling Timothy, I want you to teach, but in order for your teaching to have credibility, you have to be an example so that people will take you seriously and not despise you. So whenever we look at the importance of example, what I want to leave you with this morning is for you to understand, you generation, 30 to 40 years old, to understand how pivotal your influence and your example is to this congregation or any congregation that you might be a part of. That you've got young people that need to look at you and that whenever they're around you, that they're impressed by you and they want to be like you. You need to accept that challenge. You need to offer to them the opportunity to follow and to mimic your example. And you have people that are older than you. You need to provide an example that whenever that older generation looks at your example, that they can have confidence in you. That they can have respect for you. That you have credibility with them so that your teaching and your influence is something that's powerful and recognized by them. But before you can do this, you have to take yourself and your responsibility seriously. You know, one of the things that we struggle with whenever Paul said, let no one despise your youth, is a lot of times we despise ourselves. We don't take ourselves seriously. We look at ourselves and we think, well, you know, what kind of example can I have? What kind of influence can I have? What kind of impression can I have? But again, if you commit yourself to following after the Lord and doing the Lord's will... Your impression and your influence will take care of itself. People will take notice. People will say, I want to be like him. I want to be like her. The next thing that we want to note is that you need to be somebody that others can look to and imitate. You know, if I were to stand up here today and say, okay, I want all of y'all to just look at me and follow me. You might think, Well, who does that guy think he is? It's not arrogant to invite others. It's a responsibility that's enjoined on us. Look at me. Look at my example. Follow after me. And if I can't say that with confidence, then I've got a problem. I've got a problem. I want to live a life that's impressionable and influential. Create respect and honor for yourself through your example. Create respect for yourself. You know, that's a big thing in society today is that, you know, everybody wants, you know, well, nobody gives me respect. Well, we don't act respectable. (laughs) We need to be self-aware of how we act and how we respond in situations around people. To show an example of a conduct that is spiritual and a conduct that is holy, that older people will take notice of us and give us respect and give us credibility and therefore broaden our influence and strengthen our influence among the people that we're around. 
Accept the responsibility of being a model for others. And the last thing that I would leave you with is live in such a way to be impressive. Be impressive. Not be impressive for vainglory, not be impressive for, for self-ambition, but being, be impressive for the sake of those that you interact with. That when people come in contact with you, hey, I want to be better. I want to be like them. I want to follow that example. So I hope that our study this morning has been helpful to you, and I apologize for the technical difficulties. But for us to take the responsibility of being an example seriously, we live in a very, very, very dark world. But the one thing about darkness is that when true light shines, it shines that much brighter. And our young kids need to see a contrast. They need to see a contrast between the world and what it means to be a Christian. And we have to manifest that to them. We have to set that example so that they can see that contrast. But also set that in such a way that whenever they see it, they look at the world and say, I don't want to be like the world. I want to be like this. I want to be like this person. I want to be a Christian. I want to walk after that example.